Transform your bathroom cleaning with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner. You just spray today and rinse tomorrow for a no-scrub clean. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, this is your once-a-week solution to keeping your tub and shower surfaces sparkling clean. Available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. Join thousands who've switched to an easier clean. Get your wet and forget weekly shower cleaner today and make your bathroom sparkle with zero scrubbing. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here, there, but when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. I'm such a meathead, Rob. I started crying and I was like, they understand me. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Literally. It is uh, your humble host, Rob Lowe. Uh, So in 1997, Rolling Stone does an article about the biggest party school in the world and, and, and picks one guy in particular as the biggest partier at the partiest school in the world. And that launches Bert Kreischer. From those humble beginnings, this guy has accomplished so much in comedy, but is literally playing the Greek theater in Los Angeles and baseball stadiums and arenas. And if that isn't the magic of show business, I don't know what else is. Let's get into it with Bert Kreischer. I never thought in a million years that I'd be talking to you. (laughs) Do you remember the first time you told the machine story? Was it one of those things where you're like, drinking beers with the dudes and you're like told the story and everybody laughed and you went hey maybe there's something there there no i no i the so th- i mean this will get into the weeds but so when i went to russia no weeds are we live in the weeds <laughs> we live in literally in the weeds this is where we live <laughs> um when i when i was in russia i then backpacked through europe and uh and my girlfriend cheated on me with my best friend while I was there. So when I came home, that was my reality. I didn't tell anyone the machine story. I kind of, it was like, I didn't tell any stories about how was your trip? Because I was like, I was literally the town cuck. So everyone knew they'd been hooking up all <laughs> summer and everyone knew it. And so that was what I talked about. That's all I ever talked about was getting cheated on. I was doing Love Line with Dr. Drew, random. And uh, someone from my class called in 
and said, why don't you tell Drew about the time you robbed your class in Russia? And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Drew's like, "What? wait, what? And I said, when I was uh, 22, I got involved with the Russian mafia. He's like, what? And I told the story for the very first time on Loveline, like the very first time ever. I was, And then he made me come back the next night and tell it again. He was like, tell it again. And the, no. the next night it got better. It was better because that's how a story works is you, you start to, re you remember things a little better. You, you, you know that you can lead in with certain things. And then I told it two more times, one on Elliot in the morning, one on my buddy Cowhead show, and then on Rogan. And I, kn I knew I could tell it, but it was like, I didn't know if it was going to be, I, I, I just, it was like a story I'd tell friends. Um, but after I told on Rogan, then Joe was like, you need to tell this on stage. And I was like, oh, it's not a stage story. And he was like, no, no. And he said on his show, which was at the time becoming wildly popular. I don't think any of us knew it. But he's like, from now on, this man is only to be known as a machine. And you need to yell out the machine when he's on stage and force him to tell this story. And that weekend, I was in Columbus, Ohio. And they were yelling the machine through my whole show. And I was like, guys, I'm not telling it. And this dude in the front row goes, Bert. You have to tell it. This is your story. Don't worry. We'll fake laugh, but you have to tell it to, so it'll get good. And so I told that story for about, honestly, probably a year before it got remotely good and four years before it got like, like real good. And then, and then, uh, and then, cause I, I didn't have an ending to the story. The story didn't have an end that, cause I thought the end was tonight. You party with us. I thought that and it just didn't never delivered the pop that I, that I wanted it to. And then one night, in Columbus, Ohio, random, random, I was back in Columbus, Ohio, and I was telling the story, and there was one part where he spits vodka in her eyes and shuts the door, and I was like, you know, I, I, he, he should say something there, and they had this thing they would say all the time, all the time was, this is Russia, this isn't America, this is Russia, and uh, he was like, fuck that bitch, this is Russia, and then I was like, oh, I have an end of the story, I have an end of the story, the cop, the cop, when he goes, tonight you party with us, I just go, I'm not in trouble, and he leans in close so I could smell his morning cigarette, and he goes, no, fuck that bitch, this is Russia, like, and I was like, and then the story had an end, they clapped, and it was good, and I was like, now I can, and then I recorded it for my Showtime special, and then, and then, by the way, we want to get really into the weeds, did not misread my contract, posted, that was allowed to post four clips, I posted like 35 minutes of this hour special, 45 minutes of this hour special on Facebook, and the machine was one of the clips, and I went viral. Wow, so <clears throat> a nice mistake worked out in your favor. Oh, it was, it was all, I mean, I remember the day, it was crazy, the day it went viral, uh, I remember my wife was like, I think your story's going viral. And I was like, no, I was, cause I always, I always say she didn't know how to work the internet. And, and I looked at it and I was like, no, that's gotta be wrong. It says, I think the very first time I looked at it, it said like 700,000 views. And I was like, no, that's can't be right. I've never gotten that many views. And then I refreshed the page and it was at a million. And I went, hold on, hold on, hold on. And then that night I got in bed with Leanne and she was like, no, for real, it's going viral. And she showed me the video and it was 3 million. And it was just, it was like, anytime you refreshed it, you get another, another 500,000, another 700,000. And, uh, and right now it's, I think at, on all platforms, it's at 88 million. In the terms of great stories, what else even comes close? Can you think of any, anybody who has, I mean, everybody goes, have you ever heard Robin Williams talk about golf? That's one people yeah. like to talk about. I mean, I mean, there are people's bits that are just classic like that. I'm trying to think of what Ron are your, White. do you have favorites of other Ron White's tater salad story is one of my favorite stories ever. Ron White, 
Ron White cha- changed the way I did stand up in, in a lot of ways um, because I, I, my wife's a redneck. So we went and saw the blue collar comedy tour in theaters. We saw it in theaters. And when he told that story, I was like, that's the perfect, that is the perfect story. Jay Larson has an amazing story about calling a wrong, getting called into a wrong number. There's some really great stories. I get to hear a lot of them. Um, but Ron White changed the way I did. Cause I, I heard that story and I was like, I was like, that's no, that was more my natural. When I first started in standup, I was more like, I talked about going to Disneyland on acid and getting off, getting into a fight, uh, at a school. And like, I was more of a storyteller when I saw that. I said, yeah, I think I should lean into the stories and I did. But the one thing that changed the most, and this is the weirdest part is I watched Ron perform and I was like, oh, I hope he tells tater salad. And he didn't. And I remember the feeling as a fan going like, God, it's my favorite story. I wish he would have told it. And I, I was a comedian too. So I had the opportunity to talk to him. And I said, I was, he, I was like, you're hilarious. I wish you had told tater salad. And he goes, I don't tell it anymore. And I said, why not? And he goes, I don't want to. And I was like, I was like, wow. And as a fan, I was like, that really bums me out. Like I, I would definitely pay for like 20 tickets so that my family could hear that story. Cause my, I'd love to show that story to my family. It's one of the best stories ever. And then as a comic, I went, when I went to retire the machine story, people said to me in the audience, uh, the, you're, that's the only reason we're here. I brought 20 people to hear that story. And I was like, okay, so I'll do it for this run. And, and, uh, and then I'll retire it. But then the venues just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and then it was clubs and it was rock venues then it was theaters and now it's arenas and so i i keep figuring as long as this 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 uh this builds and it gets bigger i'll just keep telling because i don't want to you know i i've had comics tell me to stop telling it like comics like friends going man you should you should retire it and then they go and they do like uh a baseball we do baseball baseball parks over the summer this tour called fully loaded and one of my and the best comics in the country do it with me, and uh, every single one of them go the pop when you say when I was twenty two years old I got involved with the Russian mafia like dude you can't stop telling that story you just got to keep telling it until and you're, I'll tell it until the day I die I'll be a shirtless at seventy five taking just going when I was twenty two <laughs> it's the same for bands yeah like I'm sure they get tired of they think about retiring the hit the big hit. You know what I mean? And you see bands like that where you're like, I'm just making this up because I've never seen them, but like Led Zeppelin, they're not going to play Stairway to Heaven. No, I saw Steely Dan. I saw Steely Dan in at the Hollywood Bowl. By the way, huge Steely Dan fan. Played, played Same. Huge. 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 Yeah, huge. Me too, man. He played like four songs you knew and the rest were all stuff, new stuff. And I was like, no. and I was like, I was like, okay. And then I don't know. I know you're sober, no, no, but we, like well, sometimes when you get high, you're like, "Come on, man, just just take me there. Like, get me there. Like, I wanna I wanna feel that moment where yeah. I look up to the sky and I go, this is everything that everyone ever promised me.' And everyone's singing, and he didn't, he didn't. And it was, what's adversely, we went and saw Jimmy Buffett the night after I did Red Rocks. Jimmy Buffett was at Red Rocks, and my wife is not a Jimmy Buffett fan. I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan. I grew up in Florida, Same. and my wife said. Uh, Same do you think he'll play Margaritaville? And I went, oh, you've never been to a Jimmy Buffett concert. I go, baby, he's, yeah. he's playing it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy knows what's what. Yeah, and and that's I, I had a conversation with Chris Porter, a fantastic comedian, a fantastic comedian. We were getting high in a bathroom in Omaha in, a, in his hotel room, and he's like, so you still tell the machine store? I said, Chris, man, you, you'd be shocked how many people don't know who we are. Like, you'd be shocked how many strangers show up in these clubs and i i go the next tomorrow night 
do me a favor. Say I'm in the back of the room and that I'm, I've asked you to tell two of your best your Taco Bell bit and this bit. And he was like, okay. And he did it. And he was like, oh, man, I, it murdered. It destroyed. And he was doing it during the, tre- the check spot. But, yeah, it's like if you go see a band, I want to see the hits, you know. And But, now, now granted, that like someone like Bill Burr or Rogan or Jim Jeffries or, like, some of my best friends, Segura, um, I always I want to see what they're working on, you know, because I like to see where their brain is and what they're working on. But, you know, if you take me to see Ron White, I want to see Tater Salad, you know. Yeah. By the way, have you, as a Steely Dan fan, ha- have you seen the, the Making of Asia, that documentary yet? No. Oh, I'm about to change your life. For real? Yeah. So you can find it on YouTube. Oh, my God. They it, they must have done it. It feels like they did it in the mid-90s, but it's Fagan and Becker together. Yeah. And, and it's a series of making albums. So there's the making of Rumors. There's the making of Asia. There's the making of, I don't know, whatever. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I see it. Do you see it? Yeah. I got a part one, part two, part okay. three, part four, part five, part six. It is, first of all, there's this great moment where my favorite moment is they're they're listening to um, Black Cow. Oh my god! And and they're they're and he's like and it's like and the corner of my I saw you at Ruby's. You were very high. You were high. And and Fane's him. You were high. You were very high. Like he's he's commenting along with it and being so funny. Yeah. And then they do this whole bit with Michael McDonald where they isolate on Peg. They isolate his vocals, and it's so insane. I love that you're doing this because this is something I hang my hat on. People, you 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 don't know how much of a fan I am of yours. When good things happen to you, I get excited. That sounds crazy. When you were on Rogan, <laughs> I got excited because I've been a Rob Lowe fan since day one. Since I, I mean, no dude, way. I saw fucking Youngbloods. Like I like I was come I, on, dude. I. I, to this day, you're not going to remember this moment in your life. To this day, when I get the girls and we go to school, uh, back in the day, the, the my phrase was the same phrase you said after you got in the fight in St. Elmo's Fire, and you grabbed the sacks, and you looked in your blood off your lip, and you look at the group, and you go, let's rock. I, lo- I, say, that to the, I say that to the <laughs> girls all the time. Let's rock. I love it. It's just such a great... And so I'm a fan. So when, like when you did, you did... What was the show you did with Fred Savage? Oh, the grinder. My buddy Jared wrote that. That was his show. But when I saw oh, you on it and I watched you kill it, or when I saw you in Tommy Boy, like as a fan, I feel like I won because my guy is doing great things. And so I apply that. Aww. I apply that to my career and the way I look at things. I love being a fan of shit. I love being yes. into shit. Like uh like uh Jeff Tweedy, I'm a big fan of Wilco and uh Nikki Glazer. Mm-hmm goes says to me have you ever have you ever heard his living room albums and i'm like what she goes oh oh back in the day for 25 grand his wife had him do living room shows and she'd donate the money to charity and it's all acoustic and it's him messing up and him like starting a song and then forgetting the lyric but it's it's just recorded in living rooms and i the second you show a fan something cool, it's the funnest thing. It's, you know, it's the thing I have against bullying. My daughter, Isla, is, was into anime, and she shared that with her friends, and they made fun of her. And you watched her get small, and you go, oh, that's, that's no. yeah, oh, it broke my heart. Because when you share stuff, like when you share, like, hey, 
I'm a big fan of this. I hope you like it. When you share that, you're really sharing who you are with people. And and it's the, yes. and when you connect with someone, when you're a fan of someone together, like we both like Steely Dan, that energy back and forth is the coolest thing ever. And you allow people to do that. You give that off. But that's the coolest that's thing amazing. about entertainment business is is being able to share that with people, like whether it's movies or music or comedy, but also it happens to us. Like I got kids that are, I had one kid tell me one time, I don't, I don't follow sports. I've never been to sports. Comedy is my thing and podcasts and you're my guy. And every time you succeed, I feel like I picked the right guy. And I was like, and Mm. it made, it makes total sense. And I feel that way about you. It's really cool. Like I got really excited when you did rogue and I was really fucking excited because I was like, yes, I'm like for many reasons. I'm like, I'm obviously I'm really good yeah. friends with Joe, but I'm like, I'm like, Oh, this is fucking awesome. I was like in my head, I'm like, Roblo gets it. Like he gets it. Like he's doing like, he gets it like, Oh, where else can you go surfing and skiing in the same day or check out a world-class art museum and camp out under a brilliant night sky? Same day, or hike through the redwoods and get a luxury spa treatment. There's only one answer California. No matter where you go across this state, you will find a way to play. I look, I love California. Um, and I have not yet surfed and skied in the same day, although I do do both. So that is on my bucket list. It's the most beautiful place in the world. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast? My dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark, the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough, durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. And my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats, keep my dogs healthy, and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has 
other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash, and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone, and an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. I mean, you're, I literally, I was talking to my wife and uh, I was talking to her this morning and she goes, she goes, Rob fucking low. I go, yeah. And she goes, if anyone can get you to be sober, it's him. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, well, I was going to throw down the gauntlet to say, you have this entire podcast to, to convince me to give up my, no, 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 no. (laughs) This is your, this is your, this is your, this is your time. You have the floor. I'm open. I'm open to everything. Oh, right. Like it's one day at a time. This might be the day. This might be the day. You know, listen. Today might be the day. You might be the guy. Me, you, and Ben Affleck. Oh, oh Ben. Oh, he's, ben, Ben, it's, Ben, It stinks ben. because the idea of like, uh, of like when, when you know celebrity parties and then they get their shit together and then they're just killing it. But I always go, the idea of them partying is way sexier than the way they actually partied. Like, like I, I always think, like, oh, it would be fun to fall off the wagon, have, have like, have a moment. But I've seen dudes fall off the wagon that, that really had problems, and it never is as sexy as you want it to be. <laughs> no. I mean, look, it's all, everybody wants to think about how it'd be so hot to be in the south of France and in the sixties and the stones and they're recording in a chateau and you're tying off with Keith yeah. and, 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 you know, but, but then you don't want to think about, you know, he's shitting the bed in the morning. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got blood coming out of his nose. Yeah. Yeah, like you don't, you don't ever think of that. Do stuff. you ever, you do you ever, do you stuff. ever miss having a drink? I know. I think for the first Maybe the first year, year and a half, I, I, I did from time to time. And then wine culture started. Oh, yeah. Two things. I've missed a lot. I missed a lot. And I'm a little, I missed fancy Cuervo. By the way, I, I, why do you think I only drank Cuervo Gold? I'll bet you you can do the math yeah, considering yeah, yeah. we're both Steely Dan fans. Steely Dan, yeah. That's why. Yeah. Oh, really? That's why Cuervo Gold was because that Steely Dan told me to do it. You know, the, uh, uh, that, that lyric, um, in what is it? Uh, the Cuervo gold, the fine Colombian yeah. <laughs> make tonight a wonderful thing. Never was a pot guy. Oh, never was a pot guy. I, I was never a pot guy. Um, but l- l- as I've gotten older, like, uh, I, I'll take like edibles at the end of the day to like go to sleep. Oh, that's the other thing. Ed- edibles. I mean, you know, I might get the, old, the, uh, the odd pot brownie made by Emilio Estevez. <laughs> Um, who was really, I mean, he was like fucking Julia Childs with those pop really? and, 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 and I, and then I could kind of enjoy it a little bit, but I'm, I'm feeling like if it had come in a gummy bear, oh. I might've had a whole other, whole other, you know, vibe going for me. We, I've, I found these really great edibles that are, uh, 
there's they got CBD in them and they're very chill mm-hmm. and they and they're they let you sleep. My recovery on my whoop was like in the nineties, and so and that's, and I was and I had I had the perfect mix. I had uh, um, blanco tequila and a gummy, and I was I was like. The only problem is I was eating like crazy. Every time I ate, I was like, this is the best I've ever had in my life. Yeah. The eating thing that's leading man has to watch that. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a, um, I have a viral clip about me saying I'll never quit drinking. And, uh, it, I, it just was, I didn't even mean for it. I just was, it was like my love letter to alcohol. And yeah, but for me, my thing really is treats. Like I'm really obsessed with treats. Like I need a reward in order to work because i work pretty i work pretty hard Mm. but if i don't have a treat coming to the end of the day i almost don't have anything to look forward to and i get bummed yeah me i me too i just replaced it i i now it's a cigar or uh i'm a big big cigar cigar guy guy. what do you smoke uh i just had a um a mini churchill um it was i'm trying to think of who made it i think it was romeo and julieta mini church i'm a big tatuaje guy i love tatuaje uh the cojones they have is one of my favorite smokes Mm -hmm. i got a bunch of rocky patels given to me by an arena um every year i do i celebrate winston churchill day i uh by living the way he lived so i get up at seven in the morning and i have a soft scotch with eggs bacon ham a tomato i eat it in my bed soft scotch and a cigar in bed and I read the paper and take meetings for about three hours. Uh, and then I have champagne at lunch and uh, and then cognac at night. And I, I just live the way he lived. And it's really fun. It's January 24th. Oh. I do it every year. This year I did it in Amsterdam. I was in Amsterdam at uh, the Grand Hotel. And they came in. I had a butler and he came in and he served me breakfast in bed. And uh, it was it's fucking oh. awesome. Okay, here's what you have to figure out a way okay. to do. You have to be playing somewhere near London, and you need to go to Blenheim Palace. That's where Churchill was born. Really? And Blenheim Palace is, is you. if you go there, you'll recognize it. It's been in a ton of movies. It's the most, it's sort of considered the most beautiful um, palace in, in the world. And it's still in the same family. And I've been there a number of times for um, um, uh, bird shoots. And... Uh, you can see where Churchill, like literally like the room he was born in and do all that. Now, if you could figure out a, a way to celebrate Churchill Day at Blenheim Palace. Yeah, that would be great. That would be super sick. That would be awesome. That would be, I, I like eventizing life. I like having things to look forward to. Like I love, I'm, I'm sure that there's a therapist that could probably break down very easily, whittle down what my problem is. But, but, uh, but I love like, um. Like, I love, like, when you go, oh, we're all going to Hawaii at the end of the month, and then you get this thing that you're looking forward to, and you can talk about it. I love that about everything. And so, uh, and so, like, I, I've... Because you work, you work hard and you travel hard. I mean, I, I get it. It's, and being, there's nothing more brutal than being on the yeah. road. It's, 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 you know, there's been a thousand songs written about it. And, you know, then you're out on the stage for that moment in time, and it's, it's great. I, I, I started doing my own show about four or five, four or five I would love years to do ago. A, I would love to have, do a Q&A with you. That would be fun. Oh, let's, done. Yeah. Done. All right. My, my, my team needs to make a, make a note of this. We're going to do a Q&A. Great. You guys listening in there? You're, you're paying attention, right? I'm in the professional studio today, so I can actually see them yeah. while I talk to you. But it looks like they're playing Tetris or Nintendo or something. It doesn't look like they're 
paying a ton of attention, but they say they are. Have has Charlie Sheen tried to sue you over a copyright infringement on calling yourself the machine? <laughs> no, he has not. We should, because uh, he was the machine. Was he? He was the machine. Yeah, machine. Oh yeah. He was. Over. That was <laughs> machine. That was his thing. Really? And I was like, how has Charlie not reached out and gone, dude, dude, come on. <laughs> there was, uh, there was, well, there's a bunch of machines. Albert Pujols is the machine. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, bo- the boxer, uh, who was the boxer? My wife is my one, the one guy my wife is, she's in love with. Well, she's in love with the weirdest people. Uh, the boxer was the machine. He was, uh, he was like 49 years old when he won the title. He had been to prison. Bernard Hopkins. Bernard Hopkins was the machine. Jesus. He's copywritten it. He has the copyright to it. And then, uh, uh, yeah, my wife's two cheats are Bernard Hopkins and Dwight Yoakam. Dwight Yoakam with, with or without hat? Uh, either or. She doesn't care. She thinks he's gorgeous. She thinks he's the coolest guy. He His performance in Sling Blade is one of my favorite performances an actor has ever given. If you haven't seen Sling Blade, I just assume everybody's seen, seen Sling Blade because... Billy Bob Thornton won the Oscar for yes. it. And it's one of the great mm, performances of all time. Mm. But Yoakam's work in that is beyond amazing. Yeah, I was gonna. I was trying to get him to play f- at our house for her fifty second birthday. For her birthday, we, she, she celebrated her fiftieth during COVID. So I was gonna blow up, but his price point was uh, pretty hefty. Too much. I was like, it's and, so and funny. He had, and he could I, sell I had the merch. same. With- <laughs> When I I had the same th- trying to figure out some for my wife's birthday, and I was like, people charge a lot of money. Oh, I'm glad. Good. Yeah. They should. But you're like, you start going down that list, and then you realize why you see the same people at every charity thing, because they're like the ones that are affordable. I, I, w- I wouldn't even do it. I, I, I wouldn't do it. I would like to, if I was going to do anything, I'd like to th- uh, attend dudes' bachelor parties. Like, that would be fun. Like, like you can hire me to come to your bachelor party and I can just, I'll just be there and just hang out with you guys and party with you guys and make it fun. That's a good one. I bet you could see a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I, I went to Mark Norman is a comedian. Very funny. I went to his bachelor party mm-hmm. and I, and I was the only one that was like really rich. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's get, let's get a boat. Let's go two two boats. We're gonna go fishing. We're going to strip clubs. We're getting car. We're getting a, a, a car service. We're gonna get like I just was like throw money at it. So we had a blast. Throwing money at it is usually a good thing to do. I, you know, particularly when it comes to I, bachelor party, you get what you pay yeah, for. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you know. These days with Coke, they give you a. Um, I didn't do Coke. My cardiologist would kill me. But we did get Coke at his bachelor party, and uh, they give you a tester for uh, fentanyl. No. Yeah. Well, it makes sense. Yeah. I was like, see, that's the part. That's the part. I. That's the part I don't miss. No, obviously, I, yeah. is like that you. You know, you just don't know what you're what you're getting today. I mean, you know, I listen. I I hit it at the right time when I when I was running wild. Oh. I, I, I. That's the other part is I don't regret it because I feel like I, I I I I left nothing on the table. You did it. It's like I left it all. You. I left you, it all out. Your partying is like how I feel about college. Like when I left college, I was like. Seven years, I'm good. Like, I did it. I, I did everything I wanted to do. Rolling Stone magazine wrote an article about me calling me the number one party animal in the country. I'm ready for the next phase of my life. There's no reason uh, for you to go back. You had, you had, you had, you've had fame for so long, but you're, 
first splash of it was the funnest time to be in Hollywood. That was the funnest time to have ever existed in Hollywood. I feel bad for people getting famous, like kids getting famous now because they have to talk politics. They have to talk woke talking points. They have to like, they, they got to be careful what they say. They have social media. They've got to represent themselves on social media. Like you just got to run it at like at the best fucking time. Yeah, I agree. I've, I've thought about it a lot going, well, I mean, would I, would it have been better to be, I don't know, Cary Grant in those days? No. Would it have been better to be Rudolph Valentin? No. Would it be better to be, uh, you know, Leo now? No. It's, that was it. That little, like that late seventies into the nineties was the time the 80s oh, yeah. basically it was the 80s because you and, guys you, and, there was a little and, bit of responsibility like back in the day they could have killed a woman and like and gotten away with it <laughs> like back in the oh, 20s they, yeah, they, it was, mean, they, but you your group is like the funnest god that was the, and it was like oh it was the fucking best i'm so glad you like those movies i i love that they still have a life you know that they and a movie like tommy boy which which was not looked upon when we made it as anything really um is is the one out of all of them that is that that has become um like a it just occupies a, a place in, in people's hearts that i never ever would have guessed did you feel ever. did you feel like and when you were younger that you were underrepresented in your talents because you were sold to america as as literally a heartthrob but you your right. comedic your comic comedic sensibility is so strong that i wonder like i was i always wonder that did you think when you were doing all these movies where it was like, uh, Rob, we just need to throw a little water on you and, and let's see your chest and can you flip your hair back? And, and were you like, hey, I'm really fucking funny too, by the way. I I mean, you know, and that's why I've always been so grateful to, it was really Lorne Michaels and, and Mike Myers um, who really acknowledged that uh, when I hosted SNL the first time and they and that's where all those movies came from and I was so relieved and so happy because that's what I love like we were talking about the grinder that was that's the most fun I've ever had on a TV show and I've been on a bunch of them and um I've a got a new show. one um I got a new one on Netflix you're gonna love called unstable Ted Sarandos I'm gonna do a name drop who is runs Netflix and knows every piece of film ever recorded by anybody I mean it he is encyclopedic in his knowledge so he's seen everything anybody's done but so which means he's seen everything i've done and he's like it's the funniest comedy part you've ever had really and i'm like, I'm like ever and he goes yes and um it may be because i i co-created it with my son it's my son and i basically yeah and um i you're really gonna like it because it's me back to doing just hard comedy oh. hard like a super hard comedy character oh, I can't um, wait. but i love it I, I love that. And I love that it came, you know, in the mid part of my career because it gave me a whole, you know, new, um, a new area to be excited about. God, how cool. You haven't even gotten to play an old man yet. You still have like all those years when you're in your 70s. Oh, the to Michael play, Caine years? Yeah, you get to play old men. Like how cool is it? You got to play all the actors. Yes, that's that's exactly it. It's like you you, you do your, uh, I don't know, who would I have been my uh, my young ingenue phase and then you get to do your you know leading man phase and then you get to do your old because those old man parts are they're amazing on oh, golden mean, pond i think of on golden pond all the time 
that uh, that movie was so big. I don't, it was like the one movie we owned on or didn't return on VHS, so we always had it. So you, I could watch On Golden Pond over and over and over again. The weather is getting warmer. It's time to ditch the jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. But there's no need to waste money on clothes that only last one season with Quince. Now you can get high quality pieces that never go out of style. You'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts for $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering with the top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings directly on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes. My producer recently made an order for Quince, and here's what he had to say. I'm really excited to revamp my closet with Quince. I cannot wait for my items to arrive from Quince. You know, I'm a sweater guy. I was looking at that burgundy cashmere crew neck. I love the blue chore jacket. Maybe I'll throw some joggers in there. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash Rob for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Rob to get free shipping and 360 day returns. Quince.com slash Rob. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life and something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, Jane Fonda made me an honorary Fonda. Really? I'm an, I'm an, I'm, I am both an honorary Fonda from Jane and Peter. Wow. So it wasn't just, I mean, Jane and Peter said, you are here. They, they, they didn't knight me. I don't have a thing on my lapel or anything <laughs> yeah. or a medal. But I am an honorary Fonda and um, an honorary Baldwin. Oh, wow. That would have been a fun family to grow up in. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine? I yeah, can't. No, I'm, I, can't. I, uh, I, I can, but you can kind of see it, right? You can kind of see where I could be like the long lost Baldwin or the long lost Fonda. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, <laughs> the one that the one that war. when uh, when Billy brings his chick home for brings his chick home for Thanksgiving, sits down and she sees you and she goes, "Oh, I didn't know this. This guy was a Baldwin too." Shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Uncle Uncle Baldwin, Uncle Robbie Baldwin. Um, <laughs> when you when they wrote the Rolling Stone article on you, did you? How do they approach you? You're like at a frat and they're like, hey, there's a Rolling Stone reporter here. This is a, so it's in 1997. Yeah. They write this, this article. How, how did that, how did you end up being the guy? They called. So this guy, Eric Hedegaard called, uh, like the president of the school. I think his, I, I know his name was Fred Maglione at the time. And he said, you know, we're doing an article on Florida state, uh, you, we, we'd love a, you know, to someone to show us around and uh, kind of give us a tour. Someone who knows a, a, a wide group of people, not just uh, like his friends, like someone who knows a lot of uh, people. And I, I grew up with Freddie Maglione and his sister Chrissy. And so he just said, well, I know a guy named Bert. He would be good. He'd, I'll give you a few names. And so he called the next guy. And the next guy happened to be another guy that I'd, I'd partied with the night before. And he goes, oh, Bert would be fun. And then he called the third guy. By the fifth guy, they've all said my name. And, uh, and so he just goes to this guy, Eric, uh, Bogue, he said, can I get Bert's number? And so he gave him my number and he called my blood, my roommate Blair answered. I was in the middle of a bong hit. We were going to play Frisbee golf. And, uh, I took the phone. I said, hello. I hit, hit the bong and I held it in until he finished his spiel. And he said, you know, can I stay with you for like a week in November? And I exhaled the bong hit. And I was like, sure. And he was like, did you just do a bong hit? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, I think I found the right guy. And so he came and stayed with us for a week. He was originally going to write an article on Florida State and make it about the number one party school in the country. And when he got back to New York and submitted his article, the um, editor of Rolling Stone, Jan, I guess is his name. Jan Winter. I've had him yeah. on the show. I had him on the show. You got to listen to my my conversation with him. It was awesome. I would love to. Yeah, he said, uh, "Let's just make it about this kid. Let's just let's just make it about this kid, and uh, and and we'll talk about the school, but really talk about this kid and his partying." Because I was I was you know I was with this guy for a week, and so I and I, I'm I have a I'm, I I have fear of missing out. I have a I've like I'm, I'm I talk a lot. I'm not going to let a conversation go dry. So I just talked to him and hung out with him and did everything with this guy for a week. And so he had a lot of stories about me and kind of and I'm and I'm a wild I was a not wild guy, but I was I was a fun guy to be around. I, I've always been fun. I've always been fun. And so they just changed the article, made it about me. And then when it came out, I didn't even know it was about me. I read it, and the first sentence is. Uh, it's taken Burt Kreischer six and a half years to become the man he is today, the number one partier at the number one party school in the country. I'm such a meathead, Rob. I started crying, and I was like, they understand me. <laughs> but uh, but no, yes. You knew. You knew somehow. You knew somehow without knowing it that it would lead you to playing arenas. That I sentence. did not. I did not. I did not know. I did not know that it, that was going to happen. <laughs> I had a, I had some a bunch of pivotal men in my life. Uh, my uncle, my dad, and my one of my best friends' dads call me up and say, um, "If you're ever going to capitalize on something, now's when to capitalize on it. If you wanted to try stand up, now's when you try it. If you want to get into the entertainment business, now's when you make that move. Move to New York and try your hand at stand up." And I, I, I honestly, be dead serious. No one was. I mean, Dice did an arena. That was it. Like, that was the only person ever doing arena. So, like, I don't think, I didn't even really know how comedy works. I knew you did it at comedy clubs, but I didn't know you'd leave New York. 
I didn't know. I mean, maybe you'd go to LA, but I didn't, I definitely didn't know about the road. Uh, and I, I, I just was like, maybe you get a sitcom or something. I don't, I didn't know how stand up worked. I just know, I knew that I loved doing it and it came very natural to me. And so, uh, yeah, I just moved to New York. Has the business of comedy and stand up changed much like the movie and TV business has? Cause you're right. I mean, back in the day it was, you know, you, you hope to get a shot on Carson, right? Yeah. And then that was like the biggest thing ever. And then you would do the road. And then maybe if you were, maybe you would get a sitcom. Do people even want to do sitcoms anymore? Do stand-ups even think about that anymore? Uh, I'm no, I mean, you, you do a show if you were passionate about doing a show and you wanted to do a show, but I mean, financially it doesn't make sense to the vast majority. It doesn't of make comedians. sense. You make more money on the road. Oh, I mean, Rob, I'm, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not paying. They're not television is not paying a fraction of what we make on the road. I mean, not even a fraction. I'm and not just me. I, I mean, I'm probably one of the higher earners, but like, I'm talking just regular theaters. I mean, theaters, theater comics, weekend co guys selling tickets in clubs over the weekend would lose money if they did a sitcom. Um, so yeah, it's, it's changed. The business is unrecognizable. It, it, I I don't think. I mean, when I got into this, you were at the you were at the whim of everyone in Hollywood. Nowadays, I mean, I I don't I I can do whatever I want. I mean, I, I can I have my podcast. I got two. I got my cooking show, two podcasts, and my road work. And like I remember, I remember someone was like, "Hey, do you want to do this movie?" And I was like, "Why? I'm going to be sitting in Atlanta for a month." And then losing money, like I'm, I know, I just, I'd rather just do the road. I and it's what I love doing. I mean, I absolutely love right. doing podcasts. I mean, so much of this business has changed. Like, I remember getting a publicist when I did my first, uh, when I did Secret Time for Netflix, my first special. I got a publicist, and her first question was, "Can you get on Rogan?" And I was like, "I hired you for you to tell me." Can, I go, "Yeah." So I just <laughs> called Joe. I'm like, "Hey man, can I come on promote my special?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course." I mean. I mean, Rob, things have changed so drastically. When I did my movie, uh, you know, The Machine, we, it's coming out Memorial Day weekend. Uh, it it didn't have a d distributor. It, it was sitting on a shelf. People were afraid really? to touch it because, yeah, they're afraid to touch it because it had to do with Russia. And so I was like, oh. and, I, and I was like, I was like, and I was like, I know it's good. And I got the teaser and I got in trouble for it, but I got the teaser and I just went on Rogan and I just leaked it. And I was like, I don't, I, I was like, if I start this ball moving, then maybe it'll, it's better than it's just sitting there and, and no one ever seeing it. And it got leaked. And, and then Sony was like, Hey, let's do this. Let's do it. And then, and, and so now we, we got Sony's distributing the movie. And, and by the way, they've been the coolest partners ever because they understand my energy. So like we get the actual trailer and I go, Hey, can I, can I play it in Tampa? And they're like, no. And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, yeah. I was like, what would happen if I play it in Tampa at my arena show for my parents? And they're like, just please don't. And I go, but am I going to get in trouble? And they're like, can you just not tell us about it? I guess. It's <laughs> so, amazing. And so I just leaked it again. I mean, like, but they've been the, I mean, they've been the funnest partner Sony because they're doing, they're, they're like so collaborative and so fun. And they get that part of what's fun as a fan is to see people breaking the rules and doing things outside the box and you know watching rogan's career blow up the way it has i just like if i look at joe and i go i think i want to leak my teaser and he goes do it i go i'm gonna do it and 
I mean, that, that part of the business, I don't even, it's unrecognizable. It's so funny. I, I'm so bummed that I, I, when I did, uh, he, he came on my podcast and he was great, but I, I had done his first and we hit it off. We'd sort of seen each other around Hollywood here and there, but not really, but we, you know, you do that podcast, you really get to know him and I've, I'm a fan of his and we're like, let's go shooting this weekend. So we went and went, did tactical shooting. And then I was like, I oh, found over, a new over best friend. Yes. Yeah. Taryn. Yeah. yeah. And then. And then he moved. He literally moved like that week to Austin. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck Joe. God damn it. I Him was like, I got a guy. Those assholes. I know. Damn. But it sounds like he you, loves I'll, Austin. He, he loves Austin. I'll tell you a good Rogan. It's one of my favorite Rogan stories ever. So uh, I had... Uh, I I met Joe probably I'm I'm guessing maybe like 12 years ago I'm, I'm guessing I don't remember exactly I had had a relationship I had had a friendship couple friendships go sour like public publicly sour uh, with comics and so I just was like I'm done with friends I don't need friends I got my wife I got my kids I got the tour that's it I'm good I meet Rogan and uh, and 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 uh, Ari and Joey and and a bunch of bunch of comics I meet all these comedy store comics. And uh, I'm just keeping them at arm's distance. I don't trust anyone, and I don't care to deal with having a fallout with a dude. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to have another fallout with another man. So, um, so I just, I'm just, I'm just being distant, and they're, they're trying to be friends with me, and I'm just like, I'm being nice, but I'm like, I'm a whatever. So we're at the ice house one night. Joe comes up with, uh, with two Heinekens and two shots of uh, Jack Daniels, and he goes, Hey, man. It was we were doing a podcast and then we were doing a show. I was about to go on stage and he goes, uh, "It was a fun podcast." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, it was great." And he goes, uh, "You're a good guy." I go, "Thanks, Joe." And he's like, "You're a really good guy," and uh, and I'm trying to be your friend. And I went, "Okay." And he goes, "No, but you got to let me be your friend. Like, I'm not gonna be a dick. I'm not gonna fuck with your head. I just want to be your friend." He's like, "We're all trying to be your friend and you're not letting us. So if you let us be your friend, we'll be your friends forever." And and it, and I think you just need to trust us. I was like, and I made like a conscious decision. I was like, all right. In my head, I was like, don't you fuck this up, Rogan. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So we did, we take a shot. He gives me a hug. He goes, I love you, brother. Have a great set. And I, ever since that day, he's been one of my closest friends. I trust that dude. I tell him everything. Him, Segura, Joey, like Ari. I mean, now Ari and I go, <laughs> go back and forth, but, but, uh, but yeah, that it's, he is that dude. When he becomes friends with someone, he's your friend. He's like a ride or die for you. It's well, you know, guys. I. It's hard for dudes to open up to other guys. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it's super, super hard. And I think, like you said, as we get older, like anything, we get more set in our ways, and 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 we go like you did the list. I've got this. I got that. I got that. I'm good. It's like yeah. I'm taking my winnings and I'm leaving the casino. I'm cool. I don't. I don't need any more of it. But it's limiting. At the end of the day, if you don't remain open, you, then you don't have that, that new, that new friend. Yeah. I, I, I screwed up a bunch of friendships in that, in that I just didn't trust anyone. Like Elliot Gould tried to become my friend. And I just was like, I was like, I remember being like, is he trying to fuck me? Like, why, like, why would he give me his number? 
Like it was just like so weird. And then we went to dinner, and as we got done dinner, it was like a great dinner. And he was like, "I'll, I'll talk to you later." And I was like, "I was like, oh, never again. I'll not me. I don't trust you." Like he didn't even try to kiss me. What's going on? <laughs> but like I just, I never trusted anyone. I just didn't trust. I don't trust that Elliot Gould wants to be your friend. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, just that in and of itself. I'm very on its face. Of all the people you could have said. <laughs> You had to have workshopped that. You've been like, I'm going to tell a story to Rob Lowe. No, about a guy no, no. <laughs> who wants to be a friend that I don't trust. I think Elliot Gould would be a great name. Oh, that's yeah. a great, that's, I want to almost do an Elliot Gould. Uh, wait, wait. Hello, Bert. My granddaughter had a peach the other day. Interesting. Yes, it's something like this. Yes, isn't it? Man. He was playing a blind guy. Elliot he Gould was, for, yeah. I think, a four year period was the biggest movie star in the world. Oh, yeah. You forget, but he was. Yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, we did a sitcom together and he was playing a blind guy and I was playing, uh, the, the dude's best friend. And, uh, we were, we were doing pickups at like two in the morning for the pilot. And there was one line, we couldn't get the likability of the, the wife in. And there was just a line where they're like, they're like, she comes in and she goes, Hey, you guys are drinking beers. And then the idea was that I am friends with her. And so I go, yeah, you, you want one? She's like, can I have one? And I go, of course. And so I, my thing was like, sure, sis. That was my line. Sure, sis. Come on. You know, like, and it just wasn't landing. It just feel, felt like it wasn't real. Elliot's now with a dog, sta like staring off because he's blind in this. And he's just behind me the whole time. So we're doing it. The networks are there. The studio's there. Everyone's there. And we're doing it. We're doing it 10 times. And Elliot Gould comes up to me and he goes, improv one. And I went, what? And he goes, Man, just say something. Give it an improv. Give him an improv. And I went, okay. So she comes in. She goes, can I have a beer? And I go, is a duck's ass water tight? Get in here. And it gets a big pop. Everyone laughs. And the showrunner comes up to me, gets in my face. He goes, great one, great one. We're going to do it like it was on the page. Because right now, you're fucking me in the fucking ass at 2 in the morning. So do it the way I fucking wrote it. And he walks away. And Elliot Gould's behind me. And he goes, sorry. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. By the way, there's so much to unpack in that story oh, yeah. that it's all super valuable. <laughs> that's that's why it's how that's why it's hard to make comedies that work. Like yeah. you you crush, but some writer's got a vested interest in his lame joke. Oh yeah. And you die on the vine. You die on the vine. This has been great, man. I, I'm psyched. This has been super, super, super fun, man. Thanks Dude, this for, is I, this is a highlight. You don't understand. I am such a fucking fan. I am such a fucking fan. This has been uh, a, a real honor. So thank you very much, man. Awesome. Thanks, man. Bert, it's great, great getting to know you. We'll 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 do more of it. Uh, I'll call you. Give me your number. We'll listen to some Steely Dan. <laughs> That's a good dude. That is a good dude. And by the way, I know he's a storyteller and a great raconteur. The fact of the matter is, I'm still not drinking tonight. He didn't, he didn't move the needle for me. He did not meet the challenge. I'm sad to say. There will be no... I, Joe Rogan can come, come up to him all he wants with his Heineken and his two shots. Ask for his friendship. Ain't drinking. Sorry. Anyway. You got questions? I got answers. Let's hit the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line where you can get the lowdown on all things about me, Rob Lowe. 323 
570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hi, Rob. This is Lila calling from Virginia. I just listened to the podcast with Penn Badgley, and I'm wondering um, how you like this podcast and what podcasts you recommend. Um, what do you listen to when you're between uh, between things and in the car, listening on your earbuds, and even when you're with your family? What's a podcast you all listen to and uh, something your wife might recommend? Would love to hear what podcasts you guys are all listening to in the Lowe family. Thanks. I love the show. Keep it up. Bye. Hey, thank you for for, uh, the call. Um, I am a big uh, fan of Smartless with my buddies, uh, Jason Bateman and um, Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. They're just super funny together. I mean, my favorite part of their show is just them. I'm I'm, I'm not even so concerned with the guests. Um, I think they're hilarious. Um, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the, of the comedy, obscure comedy podcasts. Um, and, uh, but honestly, when I'm in the car, I'm sleeping. I mean, I I choose sleep over any podcast. And then when I'm on the way home from work, I am returning phone calls and just doing business. But I'm going to turn the tables on you. I need you to call back the lowdown line and you tell me what I should be listening to when I finally have a break and can really devote some time to it. Anyway, thanks for the call. I hope you guys had as much fun as I did. That was that was super cool. Um, don't forget, please, to give us a nice review on Apple. That's always good for the old show. And also, um, send a link to uh, go through the library, pick somebody interesting that we've talked to and, and send it to somebody who might have missed it. Um, I've, I'm running into people on the street going, oh, my friend sent me a link to your interview with so-and-so, and it's been really cool. So keep it up if you're uh, so inclined. And um, join us next week, and there will be more fun and games here on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Nick Liao, with help from associate producer Sarah Begar, researched by Lisa Grawl. The podcast is executive produced by Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Adam Sachs, Jeff Ross and myself at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson at Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, music by Devin Bryant. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally with Rob Lowe. has been a Team Coco production. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Applications subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people.